Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shia Ghoul itself. This is a dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Dagger for Sightbinder. May you find shade this day. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Sarah. How are you? Good. We just watched we just watched episode five. Episode five, man. I, I will say this one. I the the other episode four was was really good. It was epic, and maybe mm-hmm. I liked it more. I'm not sure, but this one gave me the biggest set of chills ever on one of the scenes. I was just like, Ooh. I just like, I was like sitting up straight. I couldn't believe how intense it was. Just really cool. So Ooh, I want to know what it was now. Excited. Uh, yeah, this, this one was very, very interesting. So um, mm-hmm. real quick guys, before we do uh before we jump in just want to do a quick plug guys so we have a really cool discord server that people are discussing the not only the show but the books and how they interact sometimes and we're getting more and more people on there there's a lot of good discussion and we would love it if you wanted to join us it will be linked in the video description or the show notes whatever medium you are taking in this content from, uh, you know, whether it's iTunes, YouTube, etc., cetera, uh, you, can, you can find the link to that. And if you are watching on YouTube, we'd appreciate it. Just if you, if you like what you're listening to, hit that like button, leave a comment for the algorithm. We would, we would really appreciate that. Hit the sub button if you haven't already. And even if you don't ever want to listen to us again, you can just hit the sub button and ignore us. It's totally fine. And if, <laughs> And if you're listening on iTunes, you could go to YouTube, find our channel and sub that that would help. But otherwise, leaving a five star review on iTunes also really helps us hitting the follow button on the Podbean app would also really be nice. And otherwise, uh, I think that that's enough of me being selfish. We can actually just jump into this episode. What do you think, Sarah? Did I miss something? No, I don't think you missed something. I, I just want to I want to jump in because I want to know what you got chills about fine <laughs> it won't be for a while it, it's it's toward toward the end but uh, okay so c- can i just say that this episode that there's this one thing there's this trope i don't know if it's a trope but there's this there's this method of filmmaking or whatever of so uh, one month later yeah and, yeah and so one month later okay time has passed but then the what happens though is like it's a, after a very intense scene there there's naturally there's going to be a lot of interactions but because it's one month later they have all of the important conversations that they would have been having like on the road mm-hmm. they have them one month later and it's like why didn't you guys talk to each other the whole time right like you had time you're just like sitting in the saddle literally all day like you you even had space <laughs> like you could you you get privacy you had access to all the things and the guy's like i'm sad and people are like why are you sad he's like because my eyes die is dead and i'm like it's been a month 
like uh, you can still be sad that's fine but you Mm -hmm. shouldn't be establishing that you're sad Mm -hmm. right now right it's almost like that that should have happened and then they should have had the one month later jump right or naive talking to especially this one to um to moraine we get to the white tower and moraine's like hey look it's been a month Uh, you channeled a month ago let's talk about it you want to talk about it like it's been a month you don't think that moraine could have like cornered naive and and gotten her to like the next day yeah like or, or for after the, for that matter leandrin or mm-hmm. anyone mm-hmm. and you That's... know she didn't just spend a full month just like not talking to a single person right oh so yeah. like i i recognize the need like if they need to spend a month of traveling and stuff i just it always bugs me i'm like you guys should have had this conversation way before now <laughs> So I think you're allowed to nitpick that. Uh, well, gosh, I, I was trying to remember. I, I recently watched a movie that had the exact same mechanic. And for the life of me, I can't remember it. But it, it bugged me then, too. I'm like, it's been a year or something, like a huge amount of time. <laughs> and you're like, just finding out like each other's names. You know, uh, it's, it's like the, they've been traveling forever with each other. And then, yeah. Uh, Anyways, yeah. what I can we could move on from that. It, it was a frustrating okay. element, but now that I've gotten it out of my system, I find I can discuss. Okay. And that's probably one of the the only parts that I didn't like that much in this episode. What did you think? I'm dominating the conversation right now, but what mm-hmm. were your thoughts on the month and they're they're in Tarvalon suddenly? I know. So Tar- Tarvalon, the first the first thing that is different. Yeah. From the Tar-Valon. audiobooks. The audiobook, audiobooks call it Tarvalon. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm dominating still. So please tell me. <laughs> um, okay. So I noticed the one month jump and I was like, okay, fine. And, you know, everyone's walking along doing whatever they're doing. And I understand the need to jump forward. I didn't really understand the need to do it just felt like a weird time to me to jump forward because i was like parent and queen are still with the tinkerers a month later like that doesn't add up to me and like i just felt like it made it seem like all of these characters spent a month in and obviously like they were all moving around and, and going to Tar Valen. Yeah, um, we, we can call it the right way. We can pronounce right. it the correct way. Tar Valen. And obviously, like I know I recognize that they're doing that because I'm a very visual person. I didn't see that. I just assume like it's been a month and you've been in the same spot. Like you have like a statue, you haven't moved. So I'm like, why are we wasting a month here? Like, what were you doing for a month? Like, um, perfect example of it is Matt. Like Matt his attitude the way he looks like you can tell that he looks way more disheveled he's definitely mm-hmm. way more affected by it but i'm like the fact that rand is like are you okay i'm like it's been a month like, <laughs> well that that's another piece of like, that of the one month issue like the one month mechanic but i'm like this this it, and to me it felt like it maybe it was a month in the books it didn't feel like a month in the books like whether or not that's intended but 
I was like, this is much longer than it needs to be. And I understand, you know, <laughs> that's what she per- said. I walked right into that. Um, I understand that you need to establish the fact that it's going to take a while to get from point A to point B in the world and all this kind of stuff. But it just felt weird. It, It just felt weird overall. And which was a weird feeling for me in general because I spent the beginning of the episode crying and then I felt weird. And then I cried a little bit later in the episode as well. But um, yeah, it was, it was a, this whole episode felt like a weird okay. emotional roller coaster. Sorry. No. Okay. So you, you said you, you cried and um, that, that's totally fine. I, at the start, you spent, you said you at the start of the episode crying. Did I hear that right? Yes. Pretty sure it was the start of the episode. Not like the begin, like, not like, like it turned on and I started crying, but like, like what what part though Fair, fairly early on i was crying wow. um when Stepan was putting the eye sedai into the, okay. her grave yeah they they did a good job of showing how intense and yeah i was i was crying that was rough yeah i wasn't but <laughs> no, okay. I mean, no and that yeah i'm fine with it too actually but i'm usually okay with not crying but mm-hmm. But I will cry if I need to, actually. I, I have that skill, that ability. That ability. I have that freedom. Maybe we'll say call it like that. But okay, so yeah, to- totally fine. I was just curious because I-, I couldn't re- I couldn't remember what, but yeah, that's a that's a really impo- emotional part. Right. And, and then it's a month later. Right. And then you have Rand and Matt and all of them. And it just felt like it was very jarring for me to have this really serious also intimate moment and then a month later sure so well and and that too of like you you just got done it just they can't spend too much time on any one moment and i get that but Mm -hmm. it's like okay Nynaeve just had a one of the most intense moments one of the most important moments she will ever have in her whole life right and we just learned that she hasn't really talked to anyone apparently. Yeah. And they were mostly just like, just let her just do her own thing. Apparently, even though she's, she's clearly like one of the most powerful channelers ever. And the, the Aes Sedai as represented in the, in episode four, mm-hmm. they should, they should have been like, Hey, come join us like come you know like be part of us like here's some here's a sales pitch and we don't have to be worry about being interrupted by any other ajas except for like there's red and green and blue Mm -hmm. and that's that's all that are represented well and it also felt really against the character of moraine in general to do that because obviously in the book she's very much like okay you've channeled if you don't get proper training there's a 75 percent chance you're going to die like right we need to get on this kind of thing and she does that like that's her role and in this episode you have her talking to lan and she's like well like what does she talk to you about like you she eats dinner down at your fire every night right okay maybe you can go like why are you asking your warder to get information i just didn't feel like it matched Okay, so I, I'll give 
and this this is this goes into book two spoilers a, a tiny bit but it's at the right. very start of book two there is actually precedent for moraine to kind of avoid someone right like there's there's i guess i, I won't even tell i won't even say like who she's ignoring but there's someone who is intensely frustrated that she is ignoring them in at the start of book two mm-hmm. and uh, like so i guess there's precedent for her to kind of be, remain aloof but I don't think this is the situation she would remain aloof in. Yeah, it just seemed to not fit. Mm-hmm. But I sound I, like I didn't enjoy the episode. I actually did enjoy it, but well, I think I think the start was just really jarring. Yeah, and then and then once once we like got used to the new setting, then we were good. So I mean, dear Lord, it's so interesting. They they got they go to Tarvalon and that never happens in the books. Like no, like uh, I I won't spoil the books, but I remember telling I can't even like there's certain characters who eventually visit Tarvalon for the first mm-hmm. time, like mm-hmm. like way way later, like like book like. But there's 14 books, book 13. One of the right one important character doesn't get to Tarvalon until like book 13. And it's like there's there's at least one other character that never gets to Tarvalon. And like I'm saving like a lot, but <laughs> there's we so we get there and uh, did so I don't know. Have you have you seen the maps? Have you there's this really awkward thing about Tarvalon? No, I haven't seen the maps. I should probably look them up i didn't know if they would ruin something for me if i did though so i just didn't look at anything so tarvalon it's you know the seat of women power and yeah. everything and it's robert jordan the the author of this book series intentionally made it so it's surrounded by rivers it's a it's an island city and he intentionally made it to be the shape of female got it parts yeah got it and Following. It's very awkward, but they've they've also remain kept that somewhat true mm-hmm. this time, and and it's just very interesting thing to also see the White Tower like as kind of like I don't know. I've always thought it was very ironic that the the height of the the pinnacle of women's power and mm-hmm. everything, and they're very powerful, and you just see this huge like phallic object rising into the sky. That that's where they live. They choose to live in a place that looks more male than female, kind of. Right. Interesting. So, I Which did is, know. It's just like a really minor side note. It doesn't matter. No, I was just going to say, because I'm only in book three. Right. And they are not in Tarvalin. <laughs> they're no, I feel like they're nowhere near Tarvalin. Um, so when they got there, I was surprised. And then the one thing that I noticed right away is the cinematography that they used for Tarvalin mm-hmm. was drastically different. Like, it's way brighter. It's... Um, I don't want to say like cleaner, but it just looks more yeah. enticing. It like it doesn't look raggedy. It which I'm not saying that the rest of the scenery looks raggedy, but you can tell that it's kind of like you're going into this high city. Well, right. But there's no like no one took like really big roads to get there. I guess maybe no. we didn't really see what more what the, the main road that Moraine and company went in on, but like 
the little trail that Rand and Matt were going in and then they see Tarval and I'm like mm-hmm. like is this the main road or is, is are they just trying to show that which like society has degenerated to the point that they don't even build <laughs> roads this close to Tarvalin. But also like, excuse me, the the imagery of Tarvalin and how they made it so that it looked so regal mm-hmm. was really nice to see juxtapose against Matt. Matt looks like he's been on a bender for a week. Like, yeah, yeah, he does. Dude cannot cope. Well, and he just looks like a dirtbag. Well, and they, they make Rand look pretty scruffy too, but mm-hmm. but they do, yeah. They very clearly Matt is is worse for the wear than Matt or the which Matt. I which I totally understand why. It's mm-hmm. just really nice to see against the backdrop of Tarvalon. It's almost like yeah. it makes it pop more. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So so everyone's approaching Tarvalon. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this really so so Perrin points out mm-hmm. that the Tinker's dogs are just like hunting things and killing them, which I think that's actually a little bit contrary to what they would mm-hmm. do in the books. I'm I'm not sure. There's never really an instance of those dogs actually hunting, but the, they're just fine with the dogs just ripping into these beasts and stuff. And then a little uncomfortable. Okay, so you're not you're not that far into book three, I don't think. No, because like there's an important five. The, so so there's a book three element mm-hmm. here. Okay, so, tell me. Okay, so I gave you permission to spoil me. Um. <laughs> so they, I, I I'm just trying to think of a way to frame it so that I don't spoil it for anyone else. But in book in book three there's there's a party i'll be a little bit vague here but there's mm-hmm. uh, there's a party that's returning to tarvalin they're going to okay. tarvalin and they encounter white cloaks camping outside of tarvalin mm-hmm. who are like kind of hassling them okay. and this is uh, and it's actually the overall commander of the party that's kind of encamped outside of Tarvalin, that 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 commander is actually Eamon Valda, though they don't actually talk about it. Like they kind of refer to it in the books, but you would never really, that's not something you would pay attention to in your first few readings, I think. It's just for me who I've read those books enough times that now I'm noticing the smaller details, but he's the, Eamon Valda is the guy who's commanding this like kind of harrying force for the White Cloaks and in the books they're just there to annoy people like they're not you know this it's the heart of the it's the seat of power for the Aes Sedai that the Aes Sedai are like well we're not going to kill you straight up like we're just going to you know but but the the white cloaks in that case do harass the group who's going to Tarvalin mm-hmm. and so there this was an element of book three actually hmm. it's a minor one Which- but Okay, I'm glad you pointed that out because when I was watching this scene, and obviously it's it's the Tinkerers and, and the White Cloaks and everything, I um, so first of all, immediately I was like, it's a month later and they're still with the Tinkerers. This doesn't add up to me. Like they, they are not with them that long. And I get it that it's it's slightly different mm-hmm. from the book, um, but it still was frustrating. Um and this this scene unfolds and I was like this doesn't 
Like this doesn't happen. So the fact that it is an element and just, I haven't experienced it yet makes me more appreciative of how they're trying to pull in the other books to kind of, I don't want to say speed it along, but I, I mean, you heard last week, I was genuinely concerned that we were only halfway through, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote book one, and we were halfway through the first season already. So that's kind of a nice thing to see happening. Oh, they could go anywhere from here because they're like this, the situation is so weird. So, so Rand kind of makes that they go into town, Rand and Matt, and Rand is like, hey, Tom apparently told me all about this person in Tarvalon, mm-hmm. like this inn. And, and so it's like in Camelon, in the books, where, where he and Matt go into Camelon, they go to a place and that's where they meet Loyal. Yeah. The Ogier. And oh yeah, how did you, so we finally see Loyal. What did you think? Yeah. What, what, were, your, what were your thoughts? It wasn't as bad as I expected. I don't know if they did something post-show to tweak it after that image. It looked different from the image, but it wasn't drastically different. He was still too short, in my opinion. Um, But it wasn't totally awful. I could kind of get behind it and I could see what they had. It looked like they had done something to kind of make it more. Because, I mean, he did look more Trolloc-esque, in my opinion. Um, I actually just really enjoyed the actor overall for Loyal. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as he started speaking and, and interacting with Rand, I was like, okay, this is, like, straight out of the, like, straight out of the book. It, it was oh, yeah. spot on. He like, nailed it. He nailed, nailed the feeling it. of it. Yeah. Yeah, He's just like, was, oh yeah, and you, you humans have such stupid priorities, or like, like, yeah. like these mindlessly judgy things that he's like not trying to be judgy, but he's being judgy, and mm-hmm. and like humans are just, you know, you're not even, you're not even annoyed. You're like, oh, you're, okay, loyal. <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, yeah, uh, like when Rand left him, and he's like, oh, humans always are rushing into things without preparing, or what? And mm-hmm. I was like, huh that's such a loyal like it was oh, just such a good so loyal yeah uh, it, it, honestly like spot on i think the overall look could have been a little bit better but mm-hmm. because it was so spot on with his character i can be forgiving yeah yeah i really liked i really liked him actually yeah. he i you're right the the look wasn't that they could they could have done better but right. i do think that they and you have to think they probably this has been a very impressive show like but this is a show and they probably have limited money like maybe this is one thing they decided to say you know what we don't need all the computer graphics we'll do some but we can get away with it and overall i think i'm okay with how he is how he looks yeah i didn't hate how he looked like i wasn't he he didn't (laughs) i feel bad for saying this he didn't give me you know the the circus ringleader vibes that the photo was giving Mm -hmm. me um so that would definitely was an improvement but Mm -hmm. yeah so that was nice um we also saw since we're on we're still in tarvalon anyway and rand has now left loyal we also saw just like a little glimpse of pat and fane oh i thought i noticed him actually did you did you notice him like it was so brief if you weren't actually like paying attention to the screen at that moment you would have missed it i thought i I was like 
I just noticed that he was familiar and yeah. I thought of Pat and Fane, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. hundred percent. It was Pat and Fane and uh, he just looked sneaky. All right. So very mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm glad you said something. Cause I, I don't think I would even mention that cause I wasn't sure that that's who he was, but good. I'm glad, glad you noticed that. Um, yeah. So Rand wants to bite his time. He's just waiting and someone is watching them as they go into the inn. You could like it, it shows like they're being yeah. watched. There's an angle. They do a good yeah. job of conveying that without showing who it is. And then, meanwhile, Perrin and Egwene. Oh, so there's this really powerful moment. Actually, I, I love I love this about the Tinkers. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. because so Eamon Valda apparently has some kind of like photographic memory or something, and he remembers everyone perfectly. And so he sees those two from a distance, and he's like, "Get them!" And mm-hmm. the Tinkers are so cool that they're, they're so brave. Like they they're just like, "You can't get them." And he's like, you're, you can't, you're not going to fight us. What are you going to do? And they link arms and they, yeah. they, they like get beat up for their principles and they're, they accept it. And they're like, you know what, we're not going to do violence, but we're going to save them if we can. And right. to me, that was just so powerful and cool. Yeah, it was, I was like, okay, so we're making a human chain here. That's fine. Um, and then just watching them not fight back and just slow slow the 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 white cloaks down was really powerful um aram is better in the show than he is in the books oh well uh, perrin is just walking there talking to him Mm -hmm. and then and then aram's trying to help him and he gets knocked out and yeah and you're like, oh, well, I'm glad he didn't even get, like, I was, I was kind of rooting, rooting for him, actually, you know, he was, right? and, and you know, Egwene, Egwene comes over and is holding Perrin's arm, like, they're still friends, and she's like, what are you two talking about, and they're, you know, talking, and I liked that, I liked this Aram, actually. I know, and I, like, I actually, when they were, like, a, like, a, trying to escape, when Aram gets knocked down, I actually gasped, I was like, Ugh. like, Mm-hmm. I was concerned and I was like, I don't like you, but I like you in the show. Yeah, I, I I think that's cool. Like they, I feel like there's one thing that Robert Jordan kind of does that, that bugs me sometimes. Sometimes he makes characters too much of something mm-hmm. and they're just like, they become very two dimensional or right. even one dimensional of like, like in the books, Aram is this he's just this one thing he's not a complex character he is this and who knows why he does it but he does it and that's how he is he's a force of nature and we just have to move along and you know like you don't expect there to be any movement but in this case he's he they humanized him they made him like you know and he he's already hinted at maybe he's gonna leave the the traveling people maybe he doesn't actually believe in their ideology but at the same time he yeah, he's likable in this yeah. one like he's a he's a human yeah it's just, it's a totally different personality i feel like yeah which is great so, totally it's 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 fine it's all good so <laughs> yeah uh not good that Perrin and Egwene get captured oh can we just um like, mostly focus on their arc the rest of the like yeah yeah Perrin and Egwene yeah yeah because it was weird so there's there's the two parts yeah 
there are two parts in this that mm-hmm. have my favorite and my least favorite parts. Okay. In it, actually. Then, then I want to hear it. So they're, they're captured. Uh, well, first off, I have no idea how he knows Egwene mm-hmm. can channel. It, like. They don't explain it. And that's not even the thing I like the least, but that's that was inexplicable to me. They didn't explain right. it. He's like, I know you can, like he's, and he's willing to do all these horrible things because he somehow knows, but they don't explain mm-hmm. how he knows. And it was just so weird to me too, because like he was telling her at that point, he's like, when, when he leaves them after, you know, parents come in and she's, you know, tied down to this chair and parents strapped down to this weird medieval torture device. And he's like, you're either going to channel to save him, which means I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take your hands or you're not going to do it. And I'm going to kill him. And I'm like, why do you got to kill him though? If she actually can't channel, like why, why do you got to kill a parent? Well, that, that also baffled me. Like, yeah, I was like, this seems extremely unnecessary, sir. Like calm down. What is going on? And they're they're so close to Tarvalon, and they're waylaying people and executing them and torturing them. That's in the books. They hassle people and annoy people. They don't tie people down and chop, chop. off their hands and slice them up. You know, and display <sighs> their rings as trophies and stuff. That's that's not. It, it seems incredibly foolish of them. In fact, like impossibly foolish almost it seems like a plot hole that they would be this close to Tarvalon right and and actually acting on some of these things that they they would do it in other countries and other nations in the books like I, I don't have any doubt but <laughs> this close to Tarvalon they you'd think that they would just be worried about pissing the witches the, as they see it the witches off and getting killed for it right it was so weird so uncomfortable like mm-hmm. I <laughs> I don't like um I and mm-hmm. that's Good. being tame like I actually despise this guy. Good. As you as well you should because he's they, they want you to they want you to hate him because he's not he's being irra- he's playing the part of the pure evil antagonist. There's right. there's no redeeming value. He's he doesn't have a good reason for anything. He's just operating off of his own set of values that we have no idea why. He kind right. of explains it, but it's like, why does he think he, she can channel? Yeah, that was weird. Well, because he couldn't tell that Moraine could channel. Like he can't, he can't just mm-hmm. like look, he doesn't have some power that tells him right. that they can channel. So, right. So some, somehow he knows I, it, it was very baffling. And can I just say for a minute, the mm-hmm. only character, so they've, they've, they're not afraid to make characters look totally disgusting, like un- right. in, in flattering, unflattering ways. Like in movies, when you see the good guy being tortured, mm-hmm. he's, he's like kind of dirty or whatever, but he's still defiant and strong. And, just, you know, there's, right. some, you know. Or even if they're haggard, they still don't look that bad. Mm-hmm. And this one, I was like, I saw Perrin and he took the thing out of his mouth. And I was like, my first reaction, and it's horrible. I, I was thinking, yuck. I know. Ew, what, what's on his lips? Like, please, yeah. I don't want to look. Yeah, and it was intense. 
Yeah, and, and you already pointed out Matt looks like crap. It's it's a very <laughs> interesting thing. The, their aesthetics, I think it, I'm fine with it. I kind mm -hmm. of want them to look more heroic though. I don't, I want, I want to see Perrin and see him strong. I want to see him strong, even if that's not realistic. Right. Um, this scene, I know, so I know you said least favorite and favorite. This scene though, when, when Perrin and Gwen are alone in this tent, mm -hmm. I cried. I, it broke me. Like it, it was just to, to hear Perrin basically say like he does not deserve to be alive and you know quote unquote confess to Egwene about what actually happened mm -hmm. was gut-wrenching yeah it was it was really powerful yeah it, it, and it was really well done um I actually thought for a little bit in that moment I was like oh is she going to channel like is this gonna be like the, the inciting factor for her to because mm -hmm. she is a lot warmer to parent in the show than she is in the book yeah um that i thought maybe this would be kind of the thing that pushed her over the edge a little bit um but it was it it just it just killed me so what did what did you think about him finally like explaining what actually happened well, I, I I think that I actually liked the way they did this. So a lot of times mm -hmm. I, I'm usually that guy who says, why can't the characters talk to each other? Why can't they communicate? Like yeah. it, you could have caused an entire season's worth of mishaps to not happen mm -hmm. if you had just said, hey, I think that this guy is not cool or like just one really simple statement of expressing yourself or something. And instead you'd for no reason at all, just keep it inside and it ruins everything. And so this isn't one of those though. I think that something that intensely personal to him so would need a catalyst of this magnitude. He, oh yeah. You can't just be, you can't just say you're, you're traveling with the, with the, the tinkers for a month on on day 17 you're not just going to around the fire say so killed my wife by the way <laughs> he, need, like he needed some casual dinner conversation right it, it's one of those things that if for some if for some reason they kept traveling with the tinkers he might not have ever expressed that to anyone right if they if they had for some reason joined them and just traveled around with them like that might have never come up but in this intense situation it felt very real to me. Well, and, and when you factor in exactly that, what you were just saying, where you're traveling for a month with the Tinkerers, Perrin's also such an internal, internalized character. You don't, mm -hmm. he doesn't talk. He keeps everything to himself. That's basically a month of him over a month, realistically. Like if you add in all the time before that, where he's been stewing on this in yeah. solitary, basically. So this now really intense moment is even more powerful because the only person you've had to kind of cope with your thoughts and your feelings is yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. It's, it's a, uh, it was a powerful scene and actually that, so ironically, that wasn't the scene that was the best or the worst for me. Okay. So the worst part for me was the torture. It seemed yeah. they, they just took, to like they made me feel uncomfortable and to the point that I just 
I was watching it with my wife and she couldn't even watch it. She's just too, and and I don't like the blood and stuff. I, I can handle it a little bit on a show, but it, it seemed unnecessarily gruesome. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, the part where they're like scrubbing Egwene yeah. and everything, it, it felt like kind of rapey a little bit. I mean, it wasn't quite that, but it was, they were violating it, her at, it at was, the very least. It was so callous like just the way that it was done and and i mean i but that's the point they don't care right there's no you you, she clearly is nothing to them but well so that they but they took the time to dress her in the white Mm -hmm. and they didn't do that to perrin right so clearly there's something because she's a channeler for some reason they know but which makes me wonder, I can't remember off the top of my head at the start of episode two, I think it was when we first saw them, was the Aes Sedai that was tied to the, you know, basically, you know, yeah, the stake the or whatever. Stake. The... Was she dressed in white as well? I don't remember. So she was in yellow because we needed to know. She, right. she was. Was she in yellow? Yeah, she was wearing she was wearing yellow because that. Well, I remember having a, a talk with my friend, with our mutual friend Solo Base Fifteen from our <laughs> from our other game, but he he also watches the show. I remember him saying saying like, "Well, <laughs> it was just a yellow, like <laughs> which, nice Solo." <laughs> which it, it made me it made me laugh. I mean, I don't think he's really that callous, but no, I re- I just remember that talk, and it was. It was obvious that it was she was just yellow or, or she was wearing yellow and so well now i'm even more disturbed then because what is so special then about Egwene that they need to scrub her dress her in white make her you know quote-unquote presentable yeah you know what what maybe what's just... gonna happen there's too many elements. I we we're, we have to find out more. Yeah. I, I bet that there's there's more to come. Yeah. There there's has to be. I hope there is. Mm-hmm. Um but going back to the parenting, the, the I sure. completely spaced on this because you mentioned the torture. Mm-hmm. Um you saw like his eyes shoot yellow when the first uh slice of the blade went mm-hmm. in, which was interesting pretty cool it was pretty cool um i don't know how i feel about how they handled the whole parent wolf brother bit it was very yeah i i i hesitate to say this my initial thought like and this is comes later so maybe i'm i'm jumping around but when parent you know eventually breaks free of this my initial thought was this feels very like young adult Twilight-esque. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> um, I did not love it, but hopefully it changes. Yeah. So I think, all right. So, so they do the torture thing and Egwene mm-hmm. somehow, I, I feel like we just need more information on the white cloaks. I, I feel like there must be some kind of thing that makes it so, like, how are they killing so many Aes Sedai and getting their rings? Because right. in the 
in the books yeah every once in a while they'll they'll snag one but for the most part it's them just kind of waving their fists at the Aes Sedai and the Aes Sedai watching them but not really being that concerned Mm -hmm. and in this case he's he can identify who can use the power he is chopping their hands off and killing them and I I like that we we were just talking about how the hand waving and stuff is it necessary and then they talked (laughs) they talked about it in the show but so how is he not afraid of her powers as well I don't get it and also, like, if he's going had around, that, he'd have just died. But I mean, he's going around and collecting rings, mm-hmm. and she obviously doesn't have one. So it's not even that he's hunting Aes Sedai. He's just hunting women that can channel. Period. Right. Regardless of if you're Aes Sedai or not. Right. Well, but and that's that's pretty standard white cloak. Like they just don't want people touching the one source, like the power. Right. But it's still very like you know he's got this this um persona whatever you want to call it where he's clearly the big man on campus so to speak and he's showing off these rings he's collected like his trophies Mm -hmm. and he's threatening to cut off her hands and it's like what is so what is so special about Egwene? what is so important here that you're focusing so much tension on her versus any other i said i Hmm. Yeah, I, I have questions. Well, so so one thing I, I thought of just as we're talking about this, I, I do wonder. So we saw Pat and Fane, mm-hmm. and Eamon mm. Valda. Gosh, it it's not that big of a spoiler, I guess, in the books, but he is a dark friend, right? And so I think he is, anyways. At least he's a very corrupt a hole. Like he could be a dark, but maybe he and Pat, maybe Pat and Fane was able to identify that somehow. Right, and he's like leaking information to him. Could be. He's like, hey, look out for these people or something. Yeah, could be. Well, well, because the white cloaks go their own way in Mm -hmm. in that what second episode or whatever they go their own way. But then maybe Pat and Fane, who disappeared in the middle of the Trolloc stuff, maybe he ran into them and maybe we'll see a little backstory there. Yeah. Uh, we, we just need more information on White Cloaks. I feel like they're more complex than, because otherwise they just don't make much sense right now. Right. But, okay, so, the, yeah, there's, Eamon Vald is such an interesting, so he's, they're doing their thing. And Egwene, eventually, she learns apparently how to, channel well enough to be precise enough to burn the bond <laughs> off of Perrin yeah which, which I guess I'm fine with I, they needed something and and then I just I thought it was so funny like Perrin just like gets all big and he's, he's like I'm coming for you boy and yeah and even Valda's like oh no like just runs away like a little <laughs> yeah it's just, it's just really funny and it's, it's so weird well because well, he's so you he's like so in control yeah and then he once he loses control he just loses all composure but mm-hmm. it should be noted that Eamon Valda in the movie or in the books I mean is actually quite the formidable fighter like he's a blade master he is really good at fighting right and here he just runs away yeah yeah he's a very unpleasant little yeah twerp and the, I I love that they and then Perrin was going to take him out and then Egwene just bleh, just knifes right? him and well and I love this because 
one of the things that I love in the books is what Egwene eventually becomes, and they set her up perfectly here is, mm-hmm. as someone who will not break. There's a really powerful part. I can't tell you at what point in the book series, but there is a part that I, it's one of my very favorite arcs in the whole series of where she just becomes, she just decides, no, like we're, I'm not going to break. You're going to break. I'm going to break everything who tries to break. Like, it's just really powerful and awesome. Mm -hmm. And they set it up very nicely in this. Interesting yeah yeah so i mean yeah so obviously she's you know stabbed stabbed him Mm -hmm. um and then the wolves are outside just going nuts that that's the part that i was just sitting up straight because it was perrin just realizing he had this connection with them and he's like Mm -hmm. he's not gonna hurt us he knew it he he talked to him somehow he he communicated he knew Mm -hmm. and she's like how do you know and he doesn't respond, but like you said, the the yellow eyes and his just, I, I have chills right now, even just hearing the wolf howls and the wolves are just yeah. running the camp and just tearing up the white cloaks and they wanted us to hate them. And so it was a very satisfying, like Valda's dead, all everyone's just destroyed and discarded oh. by the wolves. And the, the thing is, the wolves all have a belief about Perrin, mm-hmm. like that kind of like they know who he is because... They, they think a certain thing about him and in the books at least and so the fact that they don't have like a translator a guy a person who can right. guide him into talking to him like this is them coming to the rescue of a person who's important to them I think right like, in a way he's part of their mythology they're if you could call it a religion I don't I don't know but like they they recognize his intense need and even mm-hmm. though he doesn't know to tell them about it, they recognize and come come running. And it was just very satisfying to see the bunch of D-bags just get ripped Ugh. apart. It was, it was so intense. Oh, it was. It, I mean, it needed to happen. So I, I'm not mad about it. I hope we see more wolves. I've, I've come to terms with the fact that we are not going to see Elias. I think that's probably it true yeah sad sorry to say sad but it's it's okay so hopefully they handle the rest of the story arc well because Mm -hmm. it seems to be going well i think it is so they're they're escaping to tarvelin and Mm -hmm. and then i mean there's not much to talk about rand and company i guess we could kind of bring them in when with, with the naive part but Okay, so they're kind of backtracking. They go into to Tarvalin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Is there anything else about the naive? Uh, sorry, about, about the Perrin, Perrin and Egwene. Uh, no. Okay. No, I was checking my notes. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so moving to Tarvalin. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was fun that Rand and Matt were able to watch Loghain come in. Yeah, and, appa- and apparently Leandrin got hit in the face of the turnip, which is kind of a funny side note. <laughs> but the thing that I thought though was, where did I'm glad they just had a, a backup metal cage because <laughs> he, you know, like he had know, that really those little, those little plot points. Yeah, he did. You're right. He just like melted the other one, basically. He did. I okay. 
I don't really care. That is just a funny point. I don't know what I expected to see from Loghain here. Because mm-hmm. he's obviously been gentled at this point. Right. Um, and I don't know why. I just kind of expected to see him be more like lifeless almost and soulless and just be a shell of himself. And he seemed to be the same. Like I didn't, if, if you were to show me this scene of Loghain and the scene of, and the scene of Loghain before they gentle him, when he's inside that, you know, cage and stuff, he seems to be acting the same. Like it, it doesn't, he doesn't seem to just be on the depth of, he kind of, he kind of slumped and like dejected, but. But not really like a little. Well, he's he's not as composed as he was, I guess, when he was when he was being able to channel. But yeah, you're right. Like he's he doesn't seem well. The fact that he's able to laugh at all, right, is you know. Well, so then I started to wonder: was he actually laughing, or was that in Matt's head? Oh gosh, yeah. Because then the next scene, he's just like laying back. Yeah. So was he actually laughing and like? Because at first I was like, does he see what's going on with Matt? But then I'm like, is this just in Matt's head? Because Matt is going crazy. Or is, or is it in Rand's head? Or is it in Rand's head? I At first I was like, oh, maybe it's in Rand's head. But then I I actually started to think it's in Matt's head. Well, yeah, they, they caused a little bit of question for that. Yeah. And it, it was very convenient, though, that Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve all broke off. Mm-hmm before the rest of the procession went in because Matt and Rand would have recognized those three but no one else yeah exactly so that was convenient Mm -hmm. but but yeah so so Moraine has this conversation with Nynaeve and she's like you here's some advice that I should have offered a month ago we should have talked (laughs) we should have talked we should have we should have had hours of discussion about this but here's a little recap of what's going to happen just stay in your room and don't talk to anyone goodbye yeah Mm. which is you know i i don't know about you but i wouldn't stay in my room after that conversation i don't i don't know what you do if you're i might stay in my room it just depends on Mm -hmm. how much i trust moraine and i think that because she had a moment with lan right even though she's not talking to him that much, though he's talking, she's talking to him enough so that Lan knows that he, she feels worried about something about mm-hmm. someone else. Um, yeah, she just seems to. I don't know. I guess she's kind of what? What she? She just wants her people there. And Moraine, did you notice Moraine said, "When I find your people, I'll take you to them." She didn't say, right. "I'll tell you." She right. Say, she, like, she was a very icy die answer. Right. I'll take you there, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I felt like I felt like Nine was very, you know, quote unquote on brand for how she reacted to this mm-hmm. whole conversation. Felt it felt like Nine. It felt like the Nine that we've at least seen so far. Right. Um so I I I guess it was just there for the sake of being like it needed to be said type of thing. Um, 
but then she she leaves yep and leandrin comes mm-hmm. and talks to her and mm-hmm. I, I just it, i wonder if they specifically picked a character with a pointy nose to make her look witch like <laughs> like an actress because she just <laughs> looks like an evil witch frankly like if she just needs like a wart on her nose and that's all she is very well cast i will say well, but in the books, she's actually quite pretty, actually. They always talk about how she's I don't, pretty. I don't mean in the sense of her being pretty or not. I mean in the sense of her being cast and acted in a way that I don't yeah. like her. She's incredibly unpleasant. Yeah. And she just seems very, she seems like a witch, but. Totally. Cool. So I, I, here's, a, here's a disappointing thing. Mm-hmm. they didn't show a single other Aes Sedai than we had already seen. They're in the yeah. White Tower, which is the heart of the Aes Sedai power. They, there's, theoretically, there's there should be hundreds of other sisters here, and we don't get a single one that we haven't already seen. We, we have a, a strangely intimate conversation between Moraine and Alana, where they're on the bed. I was like, are they going to like hook up a little bit here? I'm not sure. Right. Or it, like it, it was like really close, laying on the bed, mm-hmm. like looking at each other, and and then we see Leandrin talking to Nynaeve, and we see Moraine do some stuff, and that's it. Those are the and we see the background like the two other Reds who lived through the thing, right, right at, at the very start of the show, and that's it. Yeah, no other eyes to die. Yeah, we see warders. Mm-hmm. I think I like the warder part. Okay, I think that was pretty pretty fun. Yeah, the warders was was good. Um, yeah, that's a really good point that we don't see any other Aes Sedai though. So, yeah. Oh well. Oh well. That's that's got to be a budgeting thing. Oh, I'm sure it is. They they need to. They can't just have random important character Aes Sedai there as right. just oh i see you and that they probably that that person's like well i was in this episode you owe me my fifty thousand dollars or whatever they get paid per episode right. right but it was still just a little thin it just yeah so okay you're you're interacting with all the other Aes Sedai while you're on the road Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That you don't you don't need other Aes Sedai to just wander in and, and and you know enter the scene. But then you get to Tarvalin, and there's still no Aes Sedai. It it just it kind of gives the vibe and a sense of like if you're on the road, is there no one there in Tarvalin when you're not there? Yeah. And if you are there, does that mean there's no Aes Sedai elsewhere? Yeah, it's a little frustrating, but. Hmm. Hmm yeah well, well because because Leandrin, Leandrin wouldn't be maybe they've set her up to be the the primary red mm-hmm. sister but she's she's really she's a relatively new Aes Sedai in the books at least it seems like they've set her up to be the primary or at least the focus of our hate just like Eamon Valda for the yeah. white cloaks exactly yeah so uh, the the warder part was just really interesting he 
he was stoic the whole time mm-hmm. he needed to melt the ring it had kind of felt like a golem thing actually just a little bit but it was so sad it was it, it was really sad i don't mean Every- to everything with him was sad this episode like everything with with him i was i just felt awful and then he drugs lan yeah and i i was like whoa what what's going on with lan right he, in the book he, he would never his character would never get drunk and pass out on the floor and then right. it's dr- dr- bright day and and the guy's just killed himself and it's oh bad so i noticed on that um when when lan you know came to or what have you that the the block whatever you want to call it holding the knives mm-hmm. um i noticed that there would be seven Mm. right so there was one missing there was only six so is that related to the different ajas Mm, maybe and then did he use the knife that would theoretically be tied to green that's a good question i I don't know well i thought it was interesting too they're talking about the forsaken Mm -hmm. and he has little idols to them they're almost kind of deified in in a way yeah yeah very interesting stuff yeah I, I don't know about the blades that's a good observation you were you were saying seven and i i thought i thought immediately of the seven towers of malkir oh which is the place that lan is presumably oh. he's kind of the the ruler of ish so but I don't know. It's more likely that it's it's one of the Aja things. Seven is an important number in this book. Though, yeah, in this it series. is seven. I, per- mm-hmm. I I was like, that's an interesting because it wasn't like it was missing out of the one side and you would miss it. Like it was very obvious that there was a gap. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, there should be seven and there are six. And then he had killed himself. Yeah. And his his um funeral was very funeral memorial whatever you want to call it was very intense so i really liked the part with lan Mm -hmm. just going nuts uh, showing a ton of emotion and Mm -hmm. very very different from how how he is in the books but i i feel like in the books they I, I I like his character. I like the things he does and says. He's he ends up being one of the coolest characters, really. But he's also so incredibly stoic about things. In the books, he would have just sat there, even if he was really sad. He would have just shown. Off. You wouldn't have even seen a crack in his. It, 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 people die. What What do you want from me? Right. And in this case, he's just like going so crazy and so feeling so much emotion. And I love that they showed this this really powerful, strong man expressing emotions mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Right. Um, I was so I didn't really understand why it was Land specifically that like they called on him specifically to, mm-hmm. you know, like let their grief flow type of thing. Is that just because it was land talking to him or like, it just felt, I was, I mean, maybe it's just because he's basically the main one. Um, so he's, 
all right. I mean, I'm I'm talking. I quote so much in the books, and I realize that this is this is a show, and they can do different things. First mm-hmm. off, they they never go anywhere near this de- depth of detail with warders mm-hmm. and their society. Okay. Like, never. You never see this level of detail on warders. They they talk about them, but they're mostly just they're they're just the helpers of the Aes Sedai, kind of right. They're, they're elements, they're important people in some cases, but within the warders, though, Lan is is a legend. Okay. He, like, there was one guy who's, who brags, one of the warders who brags that he beat, one time beat Lan mm-hmm. in a, it, like, at swords, mm-hmm. two out of seven times, and that was, everyone was, thought that guy was, like, legend, because he had beat Lan that many times out of seven. Right, okay. So... so- it could just be picking him because of that factor. Because he's kind of their unspoken leader in a lot of ways. Right. It could be. And I mean, from a show perspective, from looking at it from, you know, catering to the audience or whatever, you, I really notice the connection between Moraine and Lan here. Mm-hmm. So, you like, I felt like they had, you know, Lan went into this role and is kind of, using his grief to kind of channel all of the warders grief out and it felt like moraine was feeling it for him as well because they're link they're bond yeah. i think yeah, yeah but like you could really see that mm-hmm. yeah they're really playing up the link part i think that's really interesting and there's actually there's actually a very we'll see we'll see how it ends up there's a there's a really inter- interesting interaction between Moraine and Lan in book two I, th- I think hmm. yeah I think that's the one because yeah I can't I won't I won't talk about it right here but <laughs> it, it involves their bond yeah it's a really intensely personal thing and so that, that'll be interesting to see how like they're playing up this bond i also think that he's also good just to step back for a, a tiny second i think he also was just really close friends with that guy and yeah maybe he's the one who would mourn the most for him right so yeah. i i thought it was really interesting though it's fun to fun to see the more, more warder things and mm-hmm. they all how they all kind of it's a brotherhood kind of mm-hmm. have their own rituals and the Aes Sedai aren't there to do anything but the the Aes Sedai can just tell the warders oh you you can have a hobby like you you can do your own thing as long as I don't need you right yeah. like as long yeah. as I don't need you to carry things for me or have threesomes with me like we're we're good, <laughs> we're good to go yeah. uh yeah it was this episode was super emotional it was taxing. It was emotionally taxing. Yeah. 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 There was a lot of emotion on all ends, except for the Rand and Matt part, yeah. which, you know, Nynaeve eventually kind of escapes a little bit, but then she's right. back at the end. She's back in the White Tower. Mm-hmm. So and she hasn't told them that Matt and Rand are in the city. Right. That's a good point. So. So next episode... Good. Oh, the next one's called The Flame of Tarvalon, right? Tarvalon. Yeah. The Flame of Tarvalon. Yes. I'm pre- what was this one called? I, I completely forgot. I have no idea. I can look. Just out of curiosity's sake. 
this says it's episode five. Yeah. So that's not helpful. No, it's not helpful at all. But nice try. I wasn't trying. <laughs> I, try have not, I have not yet begun to try. <laughs> please, please try. I guess I could have looked it up too, but I didn't. Uh, this is being loud. I don't know. Uh, we can skip this. Mm-hmm. Blood calls blood. Blood calls blood. Huh. Mm, okay. I mean, there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of blood. A lot of a lot of people dying. Yeah. Hmm. I miss Funny Matt. We haven't had Funny Matt since episode I know. three. I think we I have disheveled. Disheveled Matt. Matt on a bender. He only has three more episodes. I know. And then we don't get to see him again. So, so far, he's actually, he's going away from my very favorite. Because we don't, we just see a disheveled, grumpy dagger Matt. Right, right. We're not seeing the fun, lighthearted Matt that you thought was really Mm -hmm. well done. So, that might be good in terms of, you know, the new actor replacing him. Sure. I bet he endears a, us to him again. And then we're just left desolate next episode. Or next season. <laughs> next season, some random guy come, waltzes in. He's like, hey, I'm Matt. Every, <laughs> and it's not, it's not believable at all. <laughs> it's not. It's not Matt. Oh, yeah. So I guess we'll find out what happens next week. So where, yeah. Where would you rate this one? We have five now. Ooh let's do a really quick ranking and then let's let's call it good okay so i think episode four is still better i, I think i one. liked four I think, best so yeah far. like i i would put four at the top mm-hmm. then okay. this one okay then i would probably i really enjoyed the first episode so i would probably put the first one third Okay. Uh, then the, I would go, yeah. So I would, I would go four, five, one, two, three. I didn't love three. I could tell when we talked about it. It seemed like that was the one you were least enthusiastic about. I didn't love it. It's fine. You don't have to love it. Yeah. Just FYI. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. How, how would you order them? I would say, so I, I would go four mm-hmm. as the top and then five. So mm-hmm. it's nice that four and five are my favorite. Like it, it's it's a good trend because the first three, I would actually just put them in a different, like I, I'd almost rate them just in a lower category. Like four and five right. are just considerably better than one, two, and three. But if, so if we're just ranking the five though, it would be four, then five, then three, then two, then one interesting because three was interesting because they all split up and they all had their own adventures and matt was fun and we got to meet tom and we got Mm -hmm. to do all this stuff uh we got to see all these different elements of the characters nynaeve did she show up yeah i think yeah she did show up and Mm -hmm. and and everything and then in episode two you see the emmons fielders actually we can actually focus on more things in episode one we see the the destruction of Emmons Field and all the things that I liked about it are just kind of garbage and has lens <laughs> butt. 
So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, our first two match. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah. Stick handled that. Yeah. And our fourth, we both put two at the second hmm. last. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one, though. I feel like the series has picked up. We're in Tarvalon. We know they're going to go through a way gate at some point. That's probably why they picked up Loyal. Yeah, I think maybe they go through a way gate next episode. Or maybe at the end. I don't know. I'm trying to, so, I'm trying to think of that picture that we saw. All right, so right now, we don't have a mission. Everyone's goal was to yeah. get to Tarvalon. And they're now there. Right, so there are some loose ends that they can pick up. Like they can, they can get rid of the dagger potentially, yep. and but but well, for the most part, they're gonna have to. Fa- even the white cloak menace is gone. Like the the wolves ate it. Well, I I actually think that maybe the dagger thing will happen next episode because having Patton Fane there in for a few seconds mm-hmm. is enough to be like he's in the same town. He can come and snag that dagger now. Yeah. But I think they're going to have to find a new quest. I think they're going to go right. on a, some kind of a mission. We have to save something. We have to retrieve something. We have to accomplish a thing that requires us to not just sit on our hands in Tarvalon for the rest of the season. Right. I agree. In the phallus chamber, <laughs> whatever. The, the cool. big. Uh, hmm? We're, I'm, I mean, Perrin and Egwene are going to have to meet up with them too at some point. Yeah, but they're just going to run to Qatar Valen and the, there's no one chasing them now, really. Right. right. Theoretically. Theoretically. I mean, we'll see. But they've done a good job so far and it is totally different, but I'm okay with it actually. Mm-hmm. And they made sure that we knew that Camelin still existed. Mm hmm. Because that's where the that's where the Amaryllin seat is, right? That makes sense. She's also not just sitting like the like that guy. Said. <laughs> like it sounds like she would be, right? <laughs> like she she's not just a chair, right? <laughs> Look at that chair. It's like an am- Amaryllin colored. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but okay. Is that is there think, anything else you want to share? I don't think so. I think that is it. Cool. Double checking my notes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, so just do our sign off and call it good, right? Yeah, you can do it. Okay. I did the intro. I know you did. I'm just trying to remember what it is. So guys, thank you all so much for watching today. It was a lot of fun. We're going to have the regular podcast out at the regular time on what it's usually a Wednesday. Yeah, that, that we put it out, that which will be right before episode six is released. Uh, so thank you for watching, and may you always find water and shade.